0: All right. this morning we are going back to basics. That's the best kind of preach, I think. We're going to look at a story, we're going to look at the application for our life and we're going to leave it at that. We're not going to unpack the Greek of why Jesus said the instead of that. We're not going to look at the little nitty gritty bits. We're going to look at the overarching story and how that is applicable to our life when we leave this place. Does that sound all Alright. Good. Um, oy, there's some good energy this morning. Worship was lit. There's, people are talking to me. It's going to be good. So we're going to look at a parable. And if we're going back to basics, I thought, well, what is a parable? So Jesus uses these parables throughout the, the New Testament to teach us. And a parable is a story. It's a short story that Jesus uses to portray a message. Now, I can hear you asking, well, why use a story and not just tell me what the message is? Because the reality is when a good story, when we hear a good story, it stays with us, right? Does anyone like The Lord of the Rings? Right? Now, I've never read the books, but I love the movies. And when I was younger, I just had this ability to watch stuff and absorb all of it. And so I could tell you the whole story right now, all 10 hours worth, or it might even be longer than that if you watch the extended ones, right? But a good story stays with you long after you've heard it. And I don't know about anyone else, but I also like to, like if we watch a TV show, I'll absorb everything and in my mind, get to the end of the show before the show's there, right? And then I'll turn to Susie and I'll be like, oh, I know what's going to happen. And she'll be like, why do you do that? Now, probably 80% of the time I'm right. Not always, I'll admit that. There are some times where it's just a real curveball at the end and you don't get it. But the thing about a story is we often try and figure it out for ourselves and that is part of what Jesus is doing here. He wants us to explore this story for ourselves, to know it and, and to try and arrive at the answer on our own. Because when we arrive at the answer on our own, it stays with us. We've done the working out, we've done the maths or the wordology and it's stuck with us. Whereas I love the Psalms, right? Love the Psalms. But if I read you a Psalm and then said, please repeat back to me what that was all about, I'm pretty confident a lot of us would be like, I have no idea what that was about. Because poetry is hard to understand sometimes. Whereas a story has a start, it has a finish and you can pick up what's happening in the middle. So this morning we are going to look at the parable of the talents. So if you've been around in church for a little while, you may have heard it. Even if you haven't, you may have heard it. But just going to chuck it up on the screen for us and we'll, we'll go through it together. Word of warning, we're going to read a fair bit of the Bible this morning. I don't think that's a bad thing, but some people may think it is. All right, here we go. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated in the story of a man going on a long trip I'm going to read from here, not up there. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and to one, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it into portions to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began investing the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant who had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I've earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you did not plant and gathering crops you did not cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have earned some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But for those who do not... Even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into the utter darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Took a real dark turn at the end there, didn't it? Let's pray. Jesus, we just pray that as we explore your word this morning, that you would just uh, unlock our hearts, unlock our minds, have them open to receiving from you. Um, Let the words that I speak not be of me, but of you, Lord, and the message that you want for this community this morning. We love you and we thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, everyone's got a picture of the story in their mind. Master goes away, gives out bags of silver. Now, in the the New Living Translation, it says bags of silver. In the other translation, it says talents, which was a form of money. So, if I say talents, that's just because that's what I'm thinking about. Same thing. So what are some of the basic truths of this parable? So the idea of a parable is that we explore it ourselves. Sometimes we can draw different things out of it, depending on our bias and depending sometimes on how we're feeling that day. We can read a story and get something else out of it than we did last time we heard it. But all of those things are always rooted in the same truth of that parable. It's the same core message, sometimes just a different working out. So the core message of this story, is that the bags of silver are portions of God's kingdom and, and it's entrusted to us, God's servants. God's expecting us to do good things and multiply <clears throat> the things that we've been given. Nate shared this verse last week as we were looking at Pentecost, but John 14.3 says, Jesus is saying, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you myself and where I am, you may also be. So Jesus is our master. He's gone from this place, but he is returning. And when he returns, he'll expect an account of what we did with our time here on earth. You with me so far? Good. So what are we investing then? If we've been given this portion of something, what is the thing? Well, it's God's kingdom here on earth. He wants us to invest and grow and multiply. So what is God's vision for the world? What are we stewarding to grow? What is the kingdom of God? Deep. I don't, we're not going deep. It's surface level. So the thing is, right, when someone describes what the kingdom of God is, I feel like sometimes it can come with their own bias, right? Again, it's always rooted in the same truth, but sometimes the working out in someone's life is different. We all have different lives. We all have different experiences. And so sometimes what it is to one person may not be exactly the same, but when you dig a little deeper, it's it's rooted in the same place. For me, the kingdom of God is is living in a place of freedom. It's It's freedom to to live and know that our value and our favor and our worth comes from something outside of this world something that is immovable and, and unchanging it doesn't matter what we do or or what we say there's nothing that can change the way that god feels about us our love his love for us is never ending and and it doesn't change it's fixed and so when i know that i can live in the freedom of knowing that it doesn't matter what i do i'm loved and valued something that the world doesn't often give to us. So how do we spread that here on earth? How do we, how do we grow the kingdom? Again, coming off the back of Pentecost last week, Nate shared about the, the Great Commission. Does anyone remember what the Great Commission is? I mean, many of you will but I'm going to read the same verses that that Nays shared with us last week. Matthew 28, and Sobes, I think this one's in there. There we go. Might have gone straight to the end. Matthew 28. Ah, sorry. There's an extra verse in there. When they saw him, let's just jump to 17, Sobes. Yeah, there we go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age so the the kingdom is freedom we we share that freedom by spreading the gospel in our communities in our lives in our day to day and god's pretty helpful right because he gives us lots of different ways for us to be able to share the gospel depending on our abilities the key thing to remember is when we're sharing the gospel we're we're representing jesus or we're representing jesus to the person we're sharing the gospel with and, and the Bible gives us so many examples of how we can do that in our daily life. We, we're to be an example to the world. Matthew 14, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed the sick. As evening approaches, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the village and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go anywhere. You feed them. Jesus is setting an example here of how we're to treat others. Be the person that that goes out of their way to make someone's life easier. Don't send them away. Give them your food. Forgive those who have wronged us, right? What a novel idea, something that is such a contrary thought to what the world wants us to do. It's a world where if someone does something wrong against us, sometimes our first thought is, I'm going to take you for everything you've got. I want retribution against you because you've hurt me. But Jesus says, no, 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 you forgive those who have wronged you. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. What better way to get someone to pay attention to you when you're the exact opposite of what the world portrays people to be? When when you stand out from the crowd because you've done something that's so unusual, people are like, "Hey, what is that person got and do I want some?" Spread the gospel through loving others. That's that's one of the key things of the Christian faith, right? It's just to love others. Feed the hungry and the thirsty, Matthew 25. Care for the poor, the prisoner and the sick. Jesus said, I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was, a pri- I was in prison and you visited me. Being hospitable to foreigners and outsiders. These are all ways that we can spread the gospel. It's how we represent the gospel to people. It's how we share. It's how we evangelise. It's more than just standing on the street corner and reading the word. It's actually living the word being an example to people and showing people how we are to live. This is what the story is talking about. This is what we're to steward. This is what we're to recreate and, and multiply and reproduce. Mark 4, Jesus also said, "'The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground.'" Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The gospel word is the seed. We plant it by sharing it with the word, with the world. All right, still with me? Crowd certainly died down a little bit. <laughs> All right, so we know what? we've got a steward. The question now is how? And we've started to look at that. God's given us things that we can do in our life to represent that. But He's also given us talents and abilities to help us in that. He's given us all unique, special things that are unique to us. And there's a whole series that could be preached on the talents and abilities given to each of us. So I'm really gonna surface level this this morning because the other thing is, no one knows better what your talents and abilities are than you. I don't know all of you intimately. I could take a crack at what some of your talents and abilities are. But ultimately, the only person who knows the best is going to be yourself because you know yourself. But, but Paul talks about some of the spiritual gifting that, that God gives us and he, and he writes about it in his letter to the Corinthians. I told you we were reading a lot of the Bible this morning. So 1 Corinthians twelve four to 11. This is Paul writing to the Corinthians and he says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for common good for the one for one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom and another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the one spirit to another works of miracles to another prophecy to another the ability to distinguish between spirits to another various kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who appoints to each of us individually as He wills. So these are just nine high level gifts and abilities that, that God gives to us. But coming back to what I said earlier, it can be the same ability, the same gifting that's played out differently in each of our lives because each of us are uniquely different. We're uniquely positioned in the world to be able to represent that ability differently. I was talking to Hamish this morning. Hamish, I hope you're okay with me sharing your week. Hamish spent the week clearing out a burnt out shed. Now that is vastly different to what I did this week. But that's the point, right? We're all very different people. We have different Things we do during the week, different opportunities to share different messages founded in the same truth with different people. So of these nine gifts that Paul's referring to here, they can be broken down into sort of three categories. The three categories he he talked about early on. Varieties of gifts, varieties of service, varieties of activities. And the first is revelation or motivational gifts, right words of wisdom words of knowledge gifts that guide our actions in relation to how we act with others in everyday life now i'm not deep diving into these i'm trying to just give a a little bit of an understanding so that we might think to ourselves well how does does that gift something that i feel like is on my life do i feel like i have wisdom do i feel like i have knowledge that comes from something beyond me has anyone ever told you that you're a person of wisdom or you're a person of great knowledge? People with these giftings are often great encouragers, empathetic towards others. You know, when someone, I don't know if you've ever been encouraged by someone who has like the gift of encouragement, but it's like a different sort of thing, right? It, it's, got a, it's got a weight behind it that makes you think, actually, I, I'm hearing what you're saying to me and I'm, I'm receiving that. It's big. The second category is power of or, or ministry gifts, faith, gifts of healing, works, working of miracles, gifts that guide our action in relation to ministry, both paid and unpaid works of the church. Normally these things are found in the, in the fivefold, you know, um, appointments, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, Helpers often portray these gifts. They're they're suited to that role because of these giftings. The third is, is speaking or manifestation gifts, speaking in tongues, interpretation, prophecy, the manifesting of the Holy Spirit in us. And these are usually the ones that are the most talked about, right? These are the ones that people make memes about on Instagram because you see a you see a Pentecostal church that's just going off and someone's throwing fire from the stage and the congregation's falling over and it's just getting lit, right? It's not quite the vibe that we run with on a Sunday morning. However, it's got its place because we believe that that is a gifting from the Spirit. Speaking in tongues and interpretation and prophesying over each other. If if you've ever been in one of those places where the spirit is working powerfully in in a congregation it hits different right it's it's a crazy place to be because you feel so in touch with the spirit in that moment i guess the thing about all these gifts is they're all different but they all work for the same purpose and that's what i was saying earlier that the same gift can manifest differently in a different person some people with wisdom and knowledge are quite introverted they enjoy being by themselves and and writing books for people to read and learn from some people with wisdom and knowledge are extroverted and dance around the stage and and want to just share everything they have been given with the people in front of them same gift different working But when we come together, they are all unified to glorify God. Different gifts serving the same purpose. I'm going to invite Dan to come and noodle. Another thing to draw out of the story this morning, so we, we know what the kingdom looks like. We know what we're meant to steward. We've been given some ideas of how we steward that, how we make it better. But it's important also to remember that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. The story makes a point to say, given each of them a bag of silver equal to their abilities. God has uniquely picked out something that's for you because He knows that you can handle what He's given you. So don't ever be overwhelmed by thinking, how am I going to grow the kingdom? The gospel seed is planted by us evangelising and representing Jesus, and it's watered in the day-to-day interactions we have with people. Interactions that should see Christ glorified in our lives. Now look, I said I wasn't going deep we're staying surface level but there is one little deeper bit here Paul again writing to the Corinthians 1 Corinthians 3 verses 6 to 9 I think we're going to have them on the screen here says this I planted the seed this is Paul talking I planted the seed in your heart and Apollos watered it but it was God who made it grow It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who planted and the one who watered works together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's servants and you are God's field. Not to contradict anything I've said this morning, but God grows the seed, not us. We, we're working for the same goal and we, we plant and we water, but God grows the seed. Sometimes it can be a hard thing to accept because we may not ever see the fruits of our labour. We may not ever see the fruits of us investing heavily in someone's life, but that's not our job. Our job is to invest and plant the seed and water it. God will grow it. Doesn't necessarily mean it's in our time and it's within our relationship, but we plant and we water. This week, uh, I, it was so weird. Well, this wasn't weird. I couldn't think of a good opening story, you know, a good grab your attention. And this week, I was walking through a um, shopping center near work. And some of you know I was a youth pastor before I was fantastic building designer. <clears throat> and I did a, a high school program at Adelaide High. I used to go and do a breakfast program and a lunchtime program. Just games and we'd make pancakes and whatever. And I remember when I left that spot, I thought to myself, well, will anyone miss me? Like, will anyone notice that I'm gone? There's other people that do this stuff as well. But I thought, was I did I do enough with the time I was there. We were never able to fully bridge the connection between Adelaide High and City Salvos. We didn't have any kids come from Adelaide High to youth on a Friday night. And so I thought, I wonder, did I do my time right there? Anyway, I was walking through the shops and this kid came up to me He said, "Oi, do you remember me? And I said, "Ah, oh, you look really familiar, but I'm sorry, I don't. He said, you used to come to Adelaide High. You used to do this breakfast, program. I, don't know. Oh. I thought, ah, oh, that's so good. I, n- I never saw the fruit of that. And, and he said, "Look, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm just looking for work." And I remember the kid who was there was—he uh, wasn't a bad kid, but you know, he's mucking around a fair bit. It was high school. And he said, "No, I'm good. I finished high school, and I'm doing music, and I'm." Um, playing bass and I'm, I'm just looking for work I'm living with my mum but he was just in a good spot and I thought oh that's so good I didn't see the fruit of that labour when I was there but I like to think that the, the interaction that that friendly face was enough for him to remember me later on I, you know whatever but it was good we might not ever see the fruits of our labour but God grows the seed And our job is, is to identify where God is growing. What's He doing in this community? What, we as the church should be the best position to know where God is doing stuff in this community. Because we should be there. We should be a part of it. We should be there planting and watering and, and working with God so that He can grow His kingdom. That's what this parable is about, is multiplying what He's given to us. So, my encouragement this morning is this. We know what the kingdom looks like it's freedom. What has God given you to help grow that, to help plant and to help water? I don't know the answer, but you will because you know you. You know where you're positioned. You know what you're good at and what you're bad at. But what talents and abilities and opportunities has God given you? to grow what He's given you. That's how we multiply the kingdom and become good and faithful servants, by doing the best with what we've got.